0: Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast and Twitter at you can't disapod. That's disapod, like disappoint. So there's one s and two p's. Well, thanks for tuning in, and let's kick off the episode.
1: Here we go. <laughs> Annie, I-,
2: I didn't know you weren't um Christian. Yep.
1: One might even say I'm
2: Jewish. Oh, that, that's good for you. That that's wonderful. I respect all religions of the world.
1: I'm Muslim. Jehovah's Witness.
2: Atheist.
0: lord is testing me so let's get into this thing let's do it hey hey you can't disappoint a podcast coming at you live not really but hey
1: episode 12 hi we're (laughs) here we're a dozen in so yeah. now you could eat an egg for each episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Post and really... your video of you eating an egg, raw, hard-boiled, <laughs> poached, however you want it. And I really recommend it, you we'll do. Like I find
0: each. our podcast to be most enjoyable with egg in mouth. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I've always thought it and never been able to vocalize it. <laughs> yeah i i keep like at least at least an egg on me when we're at recording. least an egg okay so i've got two intros you know like hi my name's zach and and i'm just gonna rapid fire them really quick and you can tell me which of the two is better and okay. then follow it up with your own if you if All you right. have anything hi i'm zach and i'm not gay i have a mustache okay okay and hi i'm zach and where should i put my buddha incense holder nice uh my two were
1: hi I'm Steven, and I didn't know you were a a Jew. And the other one was, hi, I'm Steven, and I'd say the whole word next time.
0: Maybe it's best to just move right on from that instead of (laughs) dwelling on any of what we just said. Welcome to the show, everyone. (laughs) A quick shout-out, as always, to communities. Thank you for helping us get where we're at. If you're not following them and you're new to our show, please give them a follow on Twitter. It's a great... Community of community fans, and they've done so much for us and all the other podcasts. So go do some for them.
1: Yeah. Also, shout out to um, a little account that we kind of featured last week on the show at Joel McHale. Um, Hopefully, gave him a little boost. He's a really great guy, and we hope more people see his work.
0: I've just got to say thank you to everyone who has helped make this past week the biggest week for our podcast yet. Um, It's awesome. Thank you for listening. If you're new, thanks for coming on board. And if by chance you've missed it, yeah, last week I had a little chat with this up-and-coming performer named Joel McHale. And if by chance you didn't hear it, go back and listen to our previous episode, which also featured a pretty good review on politics of human sexuality, I think. Yeah, it was a good episode. Go check it out. So how are you this week, Stephen? What's going on in your world? Oh, you
1: know, I'm just uh, living, working, trying to go out in the outside world, Safely, you know, in the ways that are in place here mm-hmm. um, this week. I also actually watched a pretty interesting show this week on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it was called Japan Sinks 2020. Have you heard of it? I haven't. Oh, it's it's interesting. It's uh, directed by... Um, a guy named Masaki Yuasa, who also did Devilman Crybaby. Oh, Masaki
0: Yuasa? Yeah, we go yeah, way back. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm I figured very...
1: you'd know him for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he did Devilman Crybaby and Ping Pong the Animation. And it's basically, it's based on this, like, 70s disaster novel where Japan sinks because of a bunch of earthquakes that happen. And so it's, it's actually, it was really good. It was like a Netflix... Like ten part thing that was pretty good that I enjoyed. Music was really good in it. Story was pretty neat. It's kind of getting mixed reviews. People either really like it or really don't. I was in the really like it camp. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check it out if you like disaster movies.
0: I'll be sure to do what I do with most things that you suggest for me to watch and never touch it. <laughs> yep, just cut it. Just kidding. But well, it was,
1: okay. It, it it was it was actually really good. I think you would really like this director because he does a lot of like
0: things that. You don't do an anime, which is cool. Okay. I'm all down for that. Anything that's like, I don't know, questioning the tropes of your genre yeah, going a little deeper. Well, something that I am very excited about, uh, if we're talking about, I know anime is not a guilty pleasure for you, but some people might consider that kind of a niche guilty pleasure genre. For me, one of my guiltiest not-so-guilty pleasures is Big Brother, which is back this week. And I'm so excited. It's an all-stars season, so it's all, like, people who have been on the show before coming back.
1: Ooh. And is it, a, How are they
0: doing it? They're just doing it. Oh. So, <laughs> they all the people that are in it were tested for COVID a bunch of times and put into, like, separate houses to quarantine instead of the typical sequester for a show like that. Mm-hmm. And they lived in these houses for two weeks without contact from anybody and were continuously tested. Wow, that's awesome! I don't know all the ins and outs of how they're doing the production side of things, but they're like working in shifts, and people will like work for a month and then go quarantine for a couple of weeks while other people work for a couple of weeks. I don't know. Really? They've really. It would have been so easy to be like, "Hey, we're not doing anything this year," but instead, I think they're really trying to make it work. Yeah, and I figured they're going to do something
1: like virtual. Which I was going to be like, oh, so it's The Circle. No, but... it's literally,
0: there might be some small changes. Like, there's no audience, There's no studio audience. Yeah. Um, And there might be some small changes. But as far as inside the Big Brother house, it's typical Big Brother and it's all-stars. And there are a lot of people that are representing, like, older seasons of the show that we haven't really seen represented in a while. So oh, so there are people cool. who I might know
1: on there, then, because I haven't
0: watched since, like, the first seasons. I so apologize to anyone who couldn't care about If you like Big Brother and want to talk about it with me, you should follow me on my personal Twitter at pruitisms, P-R-U-E-T-T-I-S-M-S. And if you want to talk about anime with Steven or anything, I know Steven's doing gaming videos again. Is that something you want to plug? Tell people your stuff. Sure.
1: Actually, I just started back up my gaming channel. Um, If you're into that, I play a variety of different games, but you can follow that at Green Bay 347 gaming um, on Twitter. Uh, That's me, so check that out, Uh, all things anime and and games. Nice.
0: Before we get into this week's episode of Community, we have an email from someone about last week's episode of Community and our episode last week that I wanted to dig into. Yeah. Um, This is an email from someone named Matt, who I don't believe we've heard from before. Okay. Talking about our discussion on politics of human sexuality last week, and he wrote a really great email, so I'm going to read it. He says, hey, I've listened to a few of your podcasts and wanted to wish you good luck. Thanks, man. He says it's a fun show and that we are doing a good job. Cool.
1: Hey, well, thanks. You could up your praise a
0: little bit, but we'll take it. He (laughs) says two quick comments. For the August 3rd episode trivia question, one of the things that we totally dropped the ball on that once he pointed out, I I totally remembered. The answer to the trivia question about the background event, which spurs something in season two, is in the STD fair, he says it's something that's a bit of a fan-invented thing. And he Mm -hmm. says, in the episode, when you hear Abed make the announcement to not use condoms, they show two students at the fair making out, and one of them throws a condom away.
1: Yeah. Then, in
0: season two, episode three, there's a whole background storyline where Abed helps a woman give birth in the back of an SUV. Oh my god, and that's the the girl? (laughs) Yeah, the fans figured out that the birth Abed helped out was ten months after the STD fair episode, so they assumed it was the same couple from the STD fair who got pregnant because they didn't use a condom. However, that's hilarious. He says, however, I believe it was either Dan or one of the writers that pointed out that it was actually a happy coincidence and wasn't actually planned out that way. Wow. That's They have fun a second though. comment, too, that's just as interesting. Uh, they said, also, you had an interesting conversation about the Jeff and Doreen scene. Connected to that, I will add my personal opinion about the show that I'm guessing you will all disagree with, but it's a hill <laughs> I'm willing to die on, so I'll read it, and after it's done, we'll talk about it. Okay. He says, at its core, the show is about Jeff, who starts out as a narcissistic, selfish, lazy womanizer. Throughout the six seasons, he grows and changes to eventually shed most of these attributes. The growth isn't linear, and the writers have him behave in various bad ways on and off to support a particular episode, which I get annoyed with at times. However, from the show's perspective, the most important story arc in the entire series is the Jeff and Annie relationship. She is the one responsible for much of his growth, and their arc has major moments in about a third of the episodes, and there is a meaningful Jeff and Annie moment in 50% of the episodes, including four of the six season finales. Uh, He says, I think it was good the writers avoided having them as a couple in seasons one through four for various reasons, but I think by season five and six it would have been a better ending if they would have more directly addressed it. Then he says, Good luck with our show. So he's a Jeff Annie shipper, and we've been pretty quiet on the ship front. Uh, Do you have any thoughts off of what what our friend Matt said. Um the numbers that he gives, I'd believe. I think that Annie
1: kind of is almost like the the good angel on Jeff's shoulder. Britta's not really the bad angel. She's just kind of the neutral <laughs> you yeah. know voice. Yeah. Um I I think we both said that we don't really ship Jeff and well, I know I, I don't shift Jeff and Britta. Yeah. I especially don't shift Jeff and ship Jeff and Britta. Um, nice try. Yeah. You know, did did my best there. Uh, I mean, I think there's some weight to what he's saying. I think that, you know, obviously Jeff is, is who they focus a lot of the attention on and Annie is around a lot for his growth. Yes. But I don't know that I would have wanted them to actually end up dating.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And to agree and disagree with what he said as well, Dan has said recently on Instagram that, The Jeff-Annie shippers were kind of the first people in the first season to really fall in love with the show and, like, make fan content and and really get invested with the characters. And they were the first people to look at these characters as, like, real people. And Mm -hmm. he said throughout the entire series, he kept those people and how they felt about the characters in mind. So, yes, there was always Jeff and Annie on the mind of the creator of the series. However, I think you're a little bit overselling the importance of the relationship and underselling the importance of the study group as a whole. I think Annie is a part of Jeff's growth, but I don't think she's any more so a part of that than, like, Abed or Mm -hmm. really anyone from the group, like even Pierce. Yeah, Pierce is big. But that's my two cents. Thanks for the thoughtful email. If you agree or disagree with things we say, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. We'd We'd like like to to have discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This week, we're here to talk about Comparative Religion, the very, very good 12th episode of season one. It was written by Liz Kikowski, whose only other writing credit is Social Psychology, which we've covered before. And it was directed by Adam Davidson, who was a name that I wasn't familiar with, but when I looked at what he's done, I was very impressed. Mm. This is first directorial credit. Um, In the future, in season one, he directs Communication Studies, The Science of Illusion, and The Art of Discourse. Okay. In season two, he directs a lot of people's favorite episode, Conspiracy Theories and in Interior Design. It's a good one. And in season three, he directed Curriculum Unavailable and Digital Estate Planning, which is the video game episode. Okay, cool. And in season six, he directed Wedding Videography, which is a really great episode. It's actually the episode before last of the entire series. Ah, then I don't think I've seen that one. Finally, he is an Oscar winner for a short film he directed called The Lunch Date and oh, that's he pretty appeared cool. recently on six seasons in a podcast to talk about community and all of those things so go check that out if you're interested yeah definitely that sounds cool and it originally aired December 10th 2009 oh that's funny that they actually got the you know what do you mean oh it's December 10th yeah it was literally yeah. on December 10th took me a second let's get into some trivia
1: all right let's do it why don't we uh we have more email trivia today why don't we do our questions first and then do the email ones
0: Wait a second, Lily is here. What is up?
1: Hi, Steven. Hi,
0: Lily. Did you have fun with your friends? I did. Nice.
1: I drank and alcohol.
0: What the? <gasps> f- one single All right. Well, men are working. Um, I'll talk to you in like six hours when we get through this episode. <laughs> okay. I have three questions of
1: my own. I do as well. So uh, why don't why don't you go ahead and. I'll go first <laughs> Why don't you go ah, you ahead thought. and I'll go first okay. <laughs> You thought I was going to be a gentleman But then I surprised Why?
0: you I never expect that out of you Oh,
1: Alright, my first question uh, What are they giving away At the Winter Wonderland?
0: That is one of my questions uh, Catalogs <laughs> of next semester's classes Nice So give me a second one since you took one of mine Alright What religion does each member Of the study group follow? Okay, I feel like that's pretty easy. Jeff's agnostic. Brit is an atheist. Abed is Muslim. Troy is Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce is, let's say, a Buddhist. Shirley is a Christian, and Annie is a Jewy.
1: <laughs> now, for bonus points, can you tell me uh, any specifics about Pierce's religion or status within his religion?
0: He was a level 5 laser lotus until... <laughs> Uh, who brought him down <laughs> britta by asking him if, yeah. if it was a cult brought him down to a level four yeah and there's an exchange of energon cubes um that, that I, I assume add to your level and that's good they have buddha shaped bongs that feature in this religion as well right so question for you how is mike like greendale mike being the school bully how is mike like greendale according to jeff oh shoot there's three things oh i'm not gonna get this
1: one um it crams his style that's one um i feel like i can get at least one more is it that it gets on his nerves or that it annoys him it's one of those two things it's it's neither of those maybe Ah, i'm I'm gonna tap in then i'm gonna tap out
0: the three things were he's obnoxious, he's cramping Jeff's style, and he smells like French fry oil. Oh, that's All what it was, a French which, fry oil. Which can be said of Greendale as well.
1: Right? that's a good one. Okay. My last question. Who brought something to the party, and what did they bring?
0: Jeff and Britta didn't bring anything. Abed brought something that I think was only described as a traditional Muslim dish. Um, yeah. Annie brought a dish that I don't know what it's actually called, but it involved, according to Shirley, it was like potatoes and applesauce, potato cakes and applesauce. <laughs> um, let's see. Annie brought a menorah. Mm hmm. Are there more? Am I missing one? Did Troy bring anything? Not Troy. Pierce brought his bong. Yeah. Which, that's, that's everybody. That's, yeah, that's for a party. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my last question. What does Pierce compare Jeff to when he first punches him?
1: Oh, a, um,. Korean seamstress? Is that what it was? Yeah, but you're gonna have to North specify. North Korean seamstress. Yep. Okay. North, yeah, North that Korean is correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's mine. Do you have another one, or is that it? I do not. Those are my three. Okay. So what have we got from the listeners? All
1: right. So looks like we've got
0: another email from
1: Danny. Thanks for sending in more questions. She's killing it with thoughtful
0: questions and rewatching the show with us. That's awesome. I know. We've got five this week. Looks okay. Like. okay. Okay.
1: Um, she said hi Zach and Steven such a great episode everything is so memorable that it was harder for me to find questions but I still had a blast rewatching it here it goes so the first one I disagree with that right I really the same here Um, what characters did Abed use to describe Jeff defending him in the cafeteria
0: mmm see I remember Abed like playing into the tropes I do not remember specific characters that were mentioned Do you have anything, buddy? I do. I do.
1: He said that it was like the movie My Bodyguard, but he was the kid Mm. from Meatballs. Jeff Mm. was the guy from Full Metal Jacket, and the guy with the mustache was like the brother of the guy from Entourage. Yeah, that line just kind of went in one year, out the other, I suppose. I only knew it because I wrote it down in my notes. Thinking it was going to be a trivia question from you. Awesome, awesome.
0: <laughs> what else she got? Danny kills it with the questions. I know.
1: Okay, here's a good one. How many energon cubes does Britta O'Pierce?
0: I believe the answer to that is two thousand. I was
1: thinking two thousand as well. Okay, I'm locking and I, that in. I have a guess for this one, but I think you'll probably know better than me. What object probably. is Chang holding during the final exam?
0: Oh. Hmm. I don't know.
1: Wasn't like a. It it looked like a paddle or something. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of scepter. I don't know. We said last week we'd
0: go back and look at what the poster said, and we never did. So maybe I'll remember to take note of that this time. Right. Another poster one. There's posters on the
1: walls about free cookies. When and where are they gonna be given? You're making me feel
0: so dumb. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I I did not read that
0: poster, Danny.
1: Thanks know, for the lacking. question, though. I know. Our... Maybe, maybe she should be hosting the show. Right? I feel like she might do a better job. Um, Next. Right. Pass. Pass. <laughs> okay, here we go. This will be a fun one. Describe all the layers of clothing that Mike is wearing. Hmm. Well, he's got the, like, T-shirt under a sleeveless hoodie.
0: Yeah, I was. what came to mind instantly was the sleeveless, like, sweater hoodie kind of thing. I feel like he's got some, like, sweatbands on his arms or something or, like, around his elbow or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, he sure does. That mustache has to count as a layer. Oh, it should. How else would you know that he's not gay? He wasn't on the basketball team. (laughs) Well, that's how you really know. That's how you really know. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, Danny, you paid closer attention to that aspect than me. Kudos. Is that it? Does she have more? No, then she just says,
1: looking forward to hearing you guys on this week's episode. Thanks, Danny. Well, thank you, Danny, for those questions. That was awesome. Thank you,
0: Danny, and I hope you're not any less excited to listen after (laughs) we totally botched all of your questions. (laughs) Maybe take them back a couple grade levels.
1: (laughs) Right? it's like we're on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, and we somehow stumbled into a fifth grade question. We should really be more in second
0: no bring them on guys send us these questions i have so much fun doing this can't disappoint podcast at com is the email address so i always forget to say that you can send us them there or on any of our socials and like how matt did a little bit ago if you would like to send any topic of conversation literally anything we are Quite not shy anything <laughs> we'll talk about anything i believe next week uh, I think it's investigative journalism is what the episode is actually called, but it's the Jack Black episode. Yeah, I'm excited for that. All right. But for the time being, are you ready to dive into this great episode? I think I am. You think you are or you are you are? I
1: am whatever they say I am. And uh, dun, 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 dun. What's that Eminem song? And Did uh, you finally book Marshall for the show? Dun, 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 dun. Chicka
0: chicka slim shady, I'm sick of him. Okay, so did you love this episode upon revisit as much as you did, or as much as you thought you would? More. Yeah, this is... Yeah, the first... my
1: favorite episode of the first season so far.
0: Yeah, this is the first, like, master class of a community episode.
1: Yeah. Like, every I characters... think that I laughed, even if I didn't laugh more times in this episode than any other episode, I think I laughed, like... Harder. Harder. At the funny jokes. And each time I watched it, I laughed at
0: every joke. Yeah, every character is so well represented in this episode. And this is the first episode that doesn't at all feel like new show with training wheels on. It's like this episode, the training wheels are finally off and the study group is a family now and we don't have to be convinced of that at this point. Yeah. You know, it's it's like everything's just working at this point.
1: And I think that it's it's the first time that you know, not only does everyone in the study group know that it's
0: a family, but they acknowledge and act like it's a family. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll talk about this at length, but it really smartly tackles the idea of sure, these people are a family now, like a lot of friend groups on TV shows are, but they're not actually a family. And shows like this rarely dive into the like core differences in each of their lives that would Affect their thoughts of each other and their relationships with each other. And this episode uses the holiday season and religion in a way that just flawlessly, just flawlessly does all of that. Totally.
1: I think that a lot of times shows, and, you know, not to once again call out the number one uh, sitcom of all time, but like Big Bang Theory.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that in my chat with Joel that he kind of like had just a teeny tiny cut at them.
1: I know. That was great. <laughs> But I mean, realistically, friends from like backgrounds, this varied the fact yeah. that some of the stuff like in sitcoms never comes up, that would be any sort of conflict around like holidays. I mean, like, yeah, not really, you know, and they don't really address it. And this is, a, I think, a good way of addressing the fact that, you know, everybody has a different kind of background and journey and thoughts and experiences. Yes. And sometimes
0: that causes conflict. But there's a, a way to deal with that when it does. I cannot agree with you more. The episode opens up on the Greendale campus just filled to the brim with fake snow in (laughs) areas that they could easily fill with fake snow and then easily get rid of the fake snow. (laughs) Because this is just on the lot of the studio that they record on. (laughs) On a very sunny day. (laughs) We haven't even really delved into, because, you know, the Halloween episode, we pretended like it was Halloween. It's Christmas right now. Okay, this episode's not only my favorite episode we've watched yet. It's probably my favorite episode in season one maybe it is one of my probably top 10 episodes of the entire series and it's one of my favorite holiday episodes christmas specifically of any show of all time i yeah, just love it's, it it's top notch merry merry zach merry happy merry happy happy mary pitter patter of secular hooves on the roof or whatever the dean <laughs> <Yeah>. says <laughs> So oh. we're seeing this pan of the campus. There's all the snow blowing. The little area in the middle that has the snowman and says "Happy Mary" across. It, it's pretty funny, and I love the dean has a couple of really great lines in his announcements. My favorite being, "Some of you will travel as far as three miles on your <laughs> that, holiday break." <laughs> that was that was good. It reminds me of the very first episode with his "I wish you luck" speech. That I don't know. He's just undercutting. <laughs> that he gives the to all eight people there. <laughs> Jeff is walking through the quad looking at a Spanish book uh, as someone throws a snowball at him. The dean's talking about that winter wonderland in the quad, I believe it was. Yes. Where you can get your schedule of next semester's <laughs> classes. He makes it sound like they're going to give away, like, candy <laughs> or school supplies or something, you know. <laughs> now we see we're going towards the dean's office, and the human being is, like, asleep on a on a – it kind of looks like – like a pedicab.
1: Terrifying image, by the way.
0: He's just sleeping. He's got his antlers resting on his thigh to to be the Dean's reindeer, just waiting <laughs> for the Dean to finish announcements. And the Dean is like shaking a tambourine into the, into the speaker to be like, is that the tippy tap tapping of hooves <laughs> on the roof? And he's putting on his costume as he does these announcements. And we kind of got a small Dean costume in the, uh, halloween episode he had like a like a what do you call it like a masquerade ball yeah. kind of vibe going on but this is the first real dean pelton costume yeah this is a production i mean
1: this, this is, is like the first one without the to bottom you know yeah yeah <laughs> he is mr winter
0: yeah rumor has it that non-denominational mr winter is going to be showing up to the greendale student lounge which I'm sure everyone is super excited to hear.
1: And I love that he, like, ran there. Like, he's like, okay, I got to get there.
0: <laughs> well, the, one of the funniest jokes of that whole thing, that announcement speech is just full of little joke after little joke that all land. After he's done, you know, the dean turns around excitedly to go towards his thing and he rams his head as hard as he can into the filing cabinet that's been left open. Which I definitely laughed, like, audibly out loud at that one. Very funny. Now we cut to the study group sitting in the cafeteria discussing the announcements that just happened, that PCness exchange exchange, you know, uh, the dean jamming his political correctness and non-denominationality across the, the campus. And Pierce, after being nudged by someone <laughs> saying, I'm glad you let that one go, he's like, yeah.
1: oh, pc <laughs> Oh, PC. And I like that Troy at the same time is like, Oh, PCness! I get it. Well, yeah,
0: that shot is a little strange because it's one of the few callbacks to the idea that Troy and Pierce were supposed to be the buddy bromance kind of of the show. Yeah. But we're at a point in the series when they're pretty full steam ahead on Troy and Abed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's interesting. I wonder if this episode, you know, when it was actually written... If it was, like, designed, like, they're like, okay, I'm we know sure. we're going to do these holiday episodes.
0: Right. We kind of talked about with the Halloween ones. Sometimes they're just episodes that can fit anywhere in the season schedule, assuming, yeah. I don't know, not exactly knowing what episodes will air around the holiday. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the two of them share a chuckle over pc uh, <laughs> It sounds like penis. I just got it, too. <laughs> and, you know, Shirley is jumping right into, because, of course, Christmas is so important to her. Yeah and she's like well it's christmas to all of us because you're my new family i made you these bracelets the what would baby jesus do bracelets that they pass all around i love the if that stands for what would billy joel do probably write another crappy song i also really appreciate that joke because you know I'm not the
1: biggest billy joel fan
0: i disagree with you i'm not like a super fan or anything but i think he's got quite a few very good songs in in the pantheon of like piano rock of the seventies and eighties, that's um, that's fair.
1: I think my more issue is I hate when I'm anywhere and Piano Man comes on. Yeah, okay.
0: I feel like Billy Joel is like a perfect mix of say Elton John and like Bruce Springsteen. I'll give he's you that, got, like for the sure. all American working class man kind of vibe, but also the. Not quite flamboyant in the way of Elton John, but a theatrical piano man vibe. I think mm-hmm. he's got some great songs. I take umbrage at Troy and Annie not having any idea who Billy Joel is. You yeah, know? that's <laughs> real disappointing because I feel like I knew as a kid who Billy Joel was. Yeah, Billy Joel is just a name that you know. Now, maybe it's where we are from. That has a huge, huge part to deal with, <laughs> I'm it. Sure I'm sure. He's got a, a huge following in the Midwest and yeah. me being uh, you know, a middle class White boy raised by parents in their fifties. <laughs> Your house was full of of Springsteen and, and, and Fox News. <laughs> Your autobiography which, should be called "A Healthy we'll be Serving." We'll starting that Fox News podcast any day now. We're big fans of the work they do over there at Fox News. <laughs> it's going to be called Fox and Friends and Us. It's going to be called. How come people take this bullshit seriously? <laughs> with Zach and Steven? <laughs> the way Donald acts up the "Who is that?" mouth and Annie going back, I don't know. It's very funny of Donald.
1: Yeah, Annie's face through that was 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 funny.
0: Shirley clarifies, "Well, no, it's Baby Jesus," to remind us all that the real meaning of Christmas is is Jesus, and everyone's kind of like, "Okay, yeah, thanks, Shirley." <laughs> Thank kind of tiptoeing around the conflict that will very much show itself throughout this episode. Everyone kind of puts it in their pocket and is Mm -hmm. like, thanks, that's very thoughtful of you, and Shirley is totally one of those moms who's like, no, no, I made you something. It's for you. Go ahead and put it on. So you have to, too. (laughs) Put on the bracelet or else you hate me. Yep. Which is relatable. I feel like we both know adults who are similar to Shirley's disposition in this episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not at all saying that's a bad thing. I think... There is a lot of great stuff in this episode as far as Shirley's character is concerned.
1: I do too. I And we'll get into it more as we go. But I think that there's a good amount of kind of growth and acceptance that we mm-hmm. see in Shirley
0: mm-hmm. that I like. Definitely. Well, because she's in a bubble, you know, and mm-hmm. she has to take herself out of her bubble in this episode. And that's not an easy thing always to do or to realize that you're in a bubble and I wonder if there's any connection or if there's any any thought behind the idea that so far the best Shirley episodes have been the holiday episodes. Ooh. I wonder if anything about her being kind of like the the unofficial matriarch of the study group, I don't know, like, especially in Christmas, you know, it can be like a very familial or like motherly holiday, you know?
1: Absolutely, which is why she tends to do more standout-ish things around the holidays yeah. because she kind of takes that role,
0: you know, upon herself for the group. Right. And while we're on the topic of Shirley, really quick, before we move on, I love... They don't mention it abruptly, but I love how, you know, Shirley mentions more than anybody in this episode that the study group's a family now, mm-hmm. and it's coming at a time when Shirley's family at home is crumbling. So it's ho- it's the holiday season. Her husband isn't with her anymore. And this is what she has for a family this year. So it's not just the religion thing. It's so important for her to have a group of people that are coming together for a familial event. Yeah, it means so much to her. And I love the way they lightly touch on it without making it about that exactly. And everyone obliges. Everyone, you know, kind of haphazardly puts the bracelets on. And we cut to Abed, who is just filling his plate to the top with all of the holiday cookies being offered.
1: Which, man, made me
0: really want some cookies. I do not disagree with you. And that's when, for the first time, we see Anthony Michael Hall, who is amazing in this episode. He's so good. I I love Anthony Michael Hall. What was your your kind of introduction to Anthony Michael Hall? Where was the first place you remember seeing him? Probably vacation, but without knowing who Anthony Michael Hall was. Nice. And then in my young teenage years, actually knowing who he was because of, like, 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club, Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, I love all the ties – to the show just from him being in it with the first episode being such a John Hughes tribute and him now being in the show and also him having played Chevy Chase's son in the first vacation film which it's a nice little meta touch to have him and that this bully character is so off type for what he usually does and he committed to it so hard for this guest star role is awesome it's just hilarious they said that they got him to do the part pretty last second just like right before they started filming and he came straight from Vegas they said, to come do the show. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, and I looked up his filmography when I saw him just to remind myself that he was a pretty big star for a second. I mean, think of like Vacation, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, he was in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. He was even a cast member on Saturday Night Live for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the first place I remember seeing him was The,
1: the Dead Zone when I was a little kid. Yeah, and I thought that show was really cool. And then I don't—I I didn't watch older, that
0: one, but yeah, that was like six seasons, I think. Yeah, I liked that, that show a
1: lot. It was pretty cool. And then, and then, of course, I got into like all the John Hughes movies when I was, you know, probably nine or ten, around that yeah. area, preteen, teenage years, watching all those. So I'm a I, big Anthony Michael Hall fan.
0: Yeah, what an impressive filmography, and he does so well. What a great guest star I get for the show. He cameos really quickly in another episode in the future, but I wish this is a character we could have genuinely seen more of. Yeah, for sure. He's kind of up there with Vaughn and those, like, first season side characters that really make a, a good impression. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him, you know, keep coming back, even just here or there. Okay, so Abed's piling up his plate with the cookies, and he's, like, sipping on a so or on a coffee or on a soda or something. It's like eight. Hey, You over there. What are you, a douchebag? I love the way he delivers all of his lines. Hilarious. And he's like, "You're taking all the winner doodles." I, it's, I love it. <laughs> I don't know how he got
1: out the line winner doodles" so many times so angrily without laughing.
0: I don't know. He's just picking a fight with Abed, who's the nicest, sweetest person in the entire world. He's like, "Well, there's still cookies," and the guy makes a big deal out of. <laughs> no, there's only macadamia nut cookies there Okay, I have a tree nut allergy, and you should probably stay away from Christmas tree shaped cookies. <laughs> that did not even make allergic sense. What are you, an idiot? It's <laughs> so funny. It's goofy, and then he flips his plate and spills Abed's cookies all over him, which prompts Jeff to step in between them. I'll go ahead and say that I don't think I have a single issue with Jeff Winger in this episode. It's definitely my favorite Jeff episode. Just from this early moment in the episode, he steps up for his people. Yeah. And he never tries to fight that they're his people. And he puts himself in danger that he wouldn't normally do for these people. And this is the first episode where, like, you know, that's how to be the lead character— in a in a hangout sitcom like this. Exactly. You know? Jeff steps up to the plate. He's not suddenly a hero or anything, but yeah. Jeff did a good
1: job. And I like that nobody had to tell Jeff to do it. I think that's what makes this mean more than any other time that he's stepped up to help somebody in the show is normally it's at someone else's prompting or coaxing or something but this is yeah. this is him just doing the right thing which i
0: like he steps in and he's like okay you and the a team are awesome but why <laughs> you uh, screw off you know nobody nobody wants to hear scram and and just this oh man all the dialogue with anthony michael hall and the the snide remarks between him and jeff yeah definitely if you haven't seen this episode or haven't seen this episode in a long time go watch it there's not a lot i can say to get, do justice to how funny it truly is without yeah just watching it i love how he's like <laughs> mike like gives him a hard time for defending abed and calls him bird face while abed's like peering <laughs> over jeff's shoulder making a really <laughs> birdie face
1: <laughs> it's funny i love watching abed watch jeff
0: every time he's interacting with mike's character because it's it's like he's watching a movie He's already doing the math in his head, as he'll mention later, of, like, how his character fits into this. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the use of the name Winterdoodle for the cookie, and when Jeff calls that out and is like, if you want to be menacing, maybe don't call the cookie by its name. <laughs> and then that got to, that goes right into Anthony Michael Hall's like, oh, you're funny. You're a funny man, which is really, truly funny. He's so <laughs> classic like, 80s bully. Right, which grown is so He's a grown-ass adult at a community college during a Christmas party. The whole time, all I can think
1: of is that scene in The Breakfast Club where Emilio Estevez and um, Judd Nelson are, like, about to fight, and I mean, it was like, two hits, pal. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor. Which is, like, Damn. so freaking ridiculous. But, like, in the <laughs> 80s movies, like, they just said that
0: kind of stuff. And it was... Yeah, and we bought it.
1: <laughs> right? And
0: I think we all probably a little bit, once we started going to school with other kids, expected there to be bully archetypes like that. Not right? to say that there wasn't bullying in high school, but it's not like, hey, give me my lunch. Give me your I'm lunch I'm walking money, see? here. I'm Joel McHale. <laughs> right? I love... <laughs> I love the knock-knock, my fist up your balls line. That's very funny. And you know what really sold this
1: episode for me as my favorite (laughs) Joel McHale episode? Is that he goes,
0: who's there? (laughs) Right (laughs) afterward. Joel's very funny. And there's nothing like the Congradia horrible from last week. He truly is the cool guy in this episode. He actually is cool in this episode. For once, Jeff actually is cool the fight can't escalate anymore at this point because the dean comes in as Mr. Winter while he's being bicycled in by the truly horrifying human being with the red nose on the ho 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 merry happy and i love how like there's this blonde woman that follows behind Is she is sign language interpreter she's not sign languaging. she's like talking with her hands as <laughs> if as if the dean is saying the words that she wrote and she's, like, mouthing the words as he says them. It's a really weird little detail that I wonder why it's there. Well, that's when I first saw her, I was like, oh, I I, I hope the Dean – I couldn't remember if the Dean came back at all in the episodes.
1: So I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if she'll be with him later. But then he didn't. And I was like, oh, crap.
0: Mike leaves and is like, this ain't over. And makes a big scene about there won't always be a Dean around. All right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here. This whole scene, Jeff has had snow in his hair from when <laughs> someone threw a snowball at him, what, an hour ago? Which shows how terrible a bully Mike is. He didn't even call out the fact that Jeff's whole side
1: of his head is covered in fake snow.
0: Right before the cut to the theme song, Pierce gets a little, a little jab with, can we get those cookies? <laughs> the only thing he's paying attention to is the cookies. Right. <laughs> and then we get a full theme song this week, which is always the, the mark of a great episode. It's true, they know the special ones, They're like, oh, we'll give it the full, the full Harmon this week. So after the theme song is when we get that exchange that Danny, was that your question or Danny's question? That was Danny's question. That she pointed out about, you know, the films and characters that Abed is, I don't know, he's, I don't know. They should have, they could have even done a joke where Abed kind of knows that it's Anthony Michael Hall or something that like that. That would have been really funny, yeah. I guess I they know. thought maybe it would be too on the nose. Season 3 community would have done it.
1: Yeah, right? Now, have you seen any of these movies? Have you seen My Bodyguard,
0: Meatballs, nope. Full Metal Jacket, or Entourage? I've seen bits and pieces of Meatballs and Full Metal Jacket, and I watched the first episode of Entourage and decided it probably wasn't for me. I've s- I really need to sit down and watch Full Metal Jacket.
1: I need to watch Full Metal Jacket. I've seen like a few clips from it. I've seen, I feel like I've seen most of, or all of Meatballs at some point. By mm-hmm. now, you know, just because, like, it, it was just a movie that you, when we were kids, was on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen My Bodyguard. I don't know what the hell that is. But I have seen about, I'd say, 80% of the first season of Entourage. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's exactly Entourage. It's like Sex and the City, but dudes. And yeah. nobody needs that. That's gross.
1: That's exactly what it is, is Sex and the City with dudes. But based on Mark Wahlberg when he was still Marky
0: Mark. So they're talking about the situation with Mike in the cafeteria. They're all in the study group. And this kind of picks up Pierce's storyline for the episode where he's taking the taking the reins of, like, the person who's, like, seasoned and hardened and has been in a lot of fights. Yeah. Who is, as always, you know, stepping in to impart his wisdom on the people that need to be taught something. And he's immediately toying with Jeff for not really being a man for not having reacted the right way to the bully. it's mm-hmm. like, why didn't you wrap that guy in the face? <laughs> and Jeff has another pretty funny line where he's like, the same reason that I floss and keep my guitar in its case, I'm 23. Like <laughs> and I would like to say that I take umbrage in that. I started flossing every day when I was like 21. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're... <laughs> ahead of the curve zach i'm proud of you for being ahead
1: in your hygiene of the guy who literally was bathing in from a hose at a community college <laughs> but he does own alexis he does own alexis well d- does he did he did he pass it over to what was her name are we bad for not remembering her name
0: i'm it was sabrina i was sabrina i think okay. i was just kidding most of the time oh oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shirley says that she's proud of Jeff for handi- handling it peacefully and has to bring the whole religion of it all and the holiday of it all into something, saying, like, like a certain little birthday boy holding up the baby Jesus in her hand. <laughs> I- Real men turn the other cheek, she says, and says, let's see him, and makes everyone hold their wrist up to show off that they're wearing her bracelet. I like that
1: Shirley and Ricky Bobby have the same vision of Jesus Christ
0: baby jesus specifically
1: swaddled in your little little seven pounds six ounce swaddled in your in your cloth i like that they both like like baby jesus is is who they who they champion
0: but of course pierce is not with that line of thinking from his religious side of things because he's like well men are supposed to fight other men so women could choose the right mate (laughs) if that's what decided if i got a partner or not (laughs) I'd have enough free time to do this podcast, like, six days a week. (laughs) He said, I could do six episodes. I could do a season on each episode, Chief. This is when it brings up Britta's, not really storyline in this episode, but that she's just there to poke fun at the whole idea of two men fighting. How it's, like, uh, really... I oh, She keeps saying that it's gay, you know, and it, it kind of is because it's just men all up in their masculinity. Listen, all I'm
1: gonna say is if we check history and look at the Greek and Roman, Spartan, all of them, they were real close with their, with their, with their, with their soldiers.
0: Yeah, we've all seen 300. They're barely wearing anything, <laughs> and that is not for like ease of battle. That's because they want to check each other Leonidas, out. Leonidas, huddle with me for warmth. You know that. <laughs> That's my Gerard Butler impression. <laughs> and when Britta brings up, you know, that it's really gay of uh, that men get all in each other's face and bodies to fight each other, when Pierce is like, that guy wasn't gay. He had a mustache. <laughs> Great line. And also exactly Pierce's line of thinking. And Jeff, for once, is the, the voice of reason in the room He's and says, well, I have finals is what I have, so let's cram for Spanish. Yeah, I Which, love that Jeff, for once, is the person who's trying to get work done. Well, we see later that he's kind of struggling in class and really needs this final if he's going to pass the class at all Mm -hmm. that's when annie has that line of like the exchange yet another knock out of the park from joel the exchange when annie says
1: why didn't you do the extra credit assignments if you knew that you were
0: failing because doing more than the
2: minimum work is my definition of
0: failing (laughs) yeah that was good too Shirley totally just ignores that they're supposed to be studying and brings up, so are you all coming to my Christmas party after the final, or are you stopping home first to change into your Christmas outfits? And everyone gets awkward because they're kind of having this, like, how long can we go without explaining to her that we're not Christian? Like, each of them are having that. Right, right. Because they know that conversation is going to have to happen at some point. Everyone's getting real uncomfortable every time she mentions anything vaguely religious. Well, it seems like everyone in the room knows it except for Shirley. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure Shirley knows, but she's not willing to to see that. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: True. Because you know she knows uh,
0: Abed is is Muslim. Annie's the first one who's willing to speak up and say that she could bring like a Hanukkah sweater. And Shirley just so awkward, ham-fistedly is like annie i didn't know you weren't um <clears throat> christian <laughs> and annie says really sweetly and meekly and plainly she's like yep one might even say that i'm jewish <laughs> and you can just see the like Shirley saying oh that's so great that's wonderful i respect all religions of the world but if you look close enough you can see like her eye kind of twitching and what she's like holding back behind <laughs> right? saying that then of course and abed that, comes in yeah as soon as she says that, everyone comes in with their respective religion. You know, that's Muslim. Troy is a Jehovah's Witness. Britt is an atheist. The Lord is testing me, Surely, says, which is a very, very funny line. Jeff, again, voice of reason. He's like, this is a subject that's going to bring a conflict upon all of us. Can we just please step away from this? Of course, Ovid has to say, well, then what are you? And Jeff, when he says he's an agnostic, I love the booing, <laughs> followed by one wadded up piece of paper being thrown that out. That was hilarious. Even Pierce says agnostic, lazy man's atheist, which... Isn't totally untrue. I, I, I definitely see the merit behind that that one. I laughed at that joke. I am someone who more than anything probably considers myself something close to agnostic. So I've I've found I've always found the cuts at agnostic people in this episode very funny. Very funny, yeah. <laughs> Pierce, as soon as he like makes fun of Jeff for being agnostic, he's like, "I'm born again," which makes Shirley really <laughs> happy. And the reveal of how he just keeps giving small details about what he's talking about. And it's just so not what he said it was. We had a rebirthing ritual in my friend's hot tub. I'm now a level five laser lotus in my Buddhist community. Which, as we discussed, you know makes makes Berta ask him if it's actually a cult, which is so awful that she would say that and push Pierce back to another level. After I know he that's so hard to get to level five. Hopefully she did pay him those 2,000 Energon cubes. I pray. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Troy. All of Troy's lines in this are also very funny. You know, this episode, by learning their religious background, this really helps shade in each of these characters a little bit deeper than they all have been so far, especially Troy. Yeah,
1: for sure, Troy. It kind of shows why he, like was in the position he was in popularity-wise, you know, we we understand that, but now it also explains why he also is so
0: naive about so many things, because he just doesn't know. Yeah, I, and one of the best episodes of the whole series is season two when it's Troy's 21st birthday. Yeah. And that focuses a lot on his religion and his relationship with it, which I look forward to revisiting. Troy says, talking about Pierce's religion, like, that's crazy. What else do you believe in, blood transfusions? (laughs) That was a good one. And he just makes us, like, get a load of this guy (laughs) kind of look. And Shirley's really trying to get someone on her side. It's like, Jehovah's Witnesses are a type of Christian, right, Troy? And I've always kind of misunderstood the difference between jehovah's witnesses and christians is it just the rules that are different is the belief system no, different? i think that there's a little bit of a different belief system
1: um with now in talking with my friends who are jehovah's witness and asking them about some things i think my understanding is that the main difference is kind of the who gets into heaven situation yeah i think it's a lot more selective
0: are jehovah's witnesses do they believe in predestination do you know, where it's like who gets to go to yeah, heaven has already been I decided, and like so. Jehovah's Witnesses are like the, the chosen people I to think go to some, I think they believe that some of them are. Interesting.
1: There's like a group who's chosen, yeah.
0: Choi's line here is funny, but the way it's worded has always kind of confused me when he says, Yeah, but we don't celebrate birthdays or Christmas, and we can't drink. But it helps. Is he saying that drinking yeah, helps? Yeah, drinking
1: helps. He's like, we can't drink, but it helps. Because he's saying that he drinking does anyway. Drinking helps what?
0: like deal with the fact that they're Jehovah's witness. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, he's saying like you you're know like a we can't do all this man fun joy. stuff. You don't like have drinking. to be if you're really not at this point.
1: Well, yeah, but think is is he? I mean, he this is his first year out of being home. I guess home. that's
0: true. And I almost feel like in the future when they bring up his his religion, he's a little more on the side of it. Mm. Because I think in the 21st birthday episode, his thoughts about drinking alcohol aren't quite what this line suggests yeah or there's also the season three musical christmas episode where he does a rap about being a jehovah's witness (laughs) and like keeping an eye on christmas yeah i don't know (laughs) and uh, abed and troy have a moment of bonding where abed can kind of compare some of his beliefs and practices of being muslim to some of the stuff that troy has to follow as a jehovah's witness which is wholesome I really liked the uh, Aslam alaikum and then Troy responds "Shamalama ding dong." <laughs> that was hilarious. And Shirley is trying so hard to not explode when she's like, "Well, don't we have a diverse little family?" And she like grabs Abed and Britta by the shoulder just about as hard as she can. <laughs> Says, "I say we open up this party to all faiths." I know,
1: and, and what I like is that Shirley is like trying to do the right thing. Right. Like she's like, OK, well, we'll try and, you
0: know, I, I'm not going to tell you you can't come to my party because you're a different faith. Um, <laughs> well, she immediately likens it to she says, well, like, well, I led, I brought my star of Bethlehem because it led the wise men to the savior of all mankind. <laughs> yeah. So she's trying, but not really. She has that. I don't know. I have a weird upbringing and weird relationship with the Christian faith is mm-hmm. being being raised religious and believing it for a long time. And having some pretty negative situations with religious schools Mm -hmm. and kind of seeing the way churches can be. And once I, I don't know, once I kind of came to my own way of thinking, I strayed away from it a little bit. Yeah. And it is totally a stereotypical Christian thing to be supportive and to say and to preach that you're accepting of all kinds, but then to say... But on top of that, I'm more right than everybody else.
1: Yeah, I think there's a difference between actual acceptance and putting up with somebody while trying to force your thoughts onto them.
0: Yeah, because all of the – well, not like being an atheist or agnostic or Pierce's whatever. (laughs) All of like being a Muslim and being Jehovah's Witness, a lot of the logistics and a lot of the scriptures and a lot of the, the beliefs stem from the same stuff. It's just like a, I don't know. It's like a, almost like a country divide. Yeah, I I don't
1: know if I've talked about this much on the podcast before, but I grew up in a home that was half, um, for a time, was half uh, Muslim, half Christian, and so I got to. I don't even think I know
0: a lot about that, Stephen. Oh
1: yeah, but so I got to really kind of see both religions firsthand and learn a lot about them, and it's uh, uh, the big three are the same until Jesus is born, basically that's where the divide starts
0: to happen yeah interesting religion is deeply interesting and i will get to this line a little bit later but i feel a lot the way that jeff does about it where like i respect it and i wouldn't take it away from anyone it's not exactly my thing i think it's deeply interesting and i think it's unfortunate the way it divides people when a lot of it is i don't know based on a lot of the same be a good person do the right thing and yeah i don't know
1: yeah i think that like religion and faith and things like that are, are very personal things and I think that you should let everyone like do what they want to. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, it is deeply personal. And being a Christian means something to one person totally different than what it means to another totally. person. Totally. Even in the same like branch of Christianity, I think on the on the other side of that, everyone needs to be a little bit more willing to listen and really critically think about other people's belief systems. Yeah, and not just write off others because they differ from yours, regardless of if that impacts your beliefs or not like your beliefs are your beliefs and I wouldn't try to take it away from you but I think we can all get along so much more if we look at the root of other people's beliefs and I don't know
1: yeah I think that having conversations is the best way I mean be and in, be informed ask people you know about if they'll tell you about it or ask questions if you have them I yeah, think I
0: think most people are happy to explain
1: yeah one of the best conversations I've had was like in maybe sophomore year of high school, it was me and a friend of mine we were both you know more Christian, he was more conservative Christian than me, and then someone who was Mormon and then someone whose hope was Jehovah's witness and we just sat down like for like a class period with like a free period or something like that, and we just like talked about our religions and it was really informative and we learned a
0: lot that's really awesome. yeah it was cool and this episode is just like a lot of things on community it's a really fun light half hour of comedy television, but there is some really thoughtful discussion and debating about religion within this episode absolutely and surely lets them all know that they can all bring a trinket or doodad from their philosophies <laughs> showing her her bias jeff gets that really great line of as an agnostic i'll be bringing my winning smile <laughs> and he gives a pretty winning smile but he's met with more booze and another paper walk <laughs> uh, now we cut to senior chang uh everyone's taking a final and i really love that. He's the teacher of the class, and everyone's quietly trying to do their work, and he just can't help himself but to be boring, snore, can't stay awake. Right? Like, he's the one who gave him the test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. Shirley finishes and happily puts her test in so she can get to work on her party. She tells everyone Feliz Navidad and rushes off. Jeff is really struggling with his test as he reads the true or falso or none of the above question. <laughs> which is which... great. <laughs> Chang is just stroking his imaginary beard showing that he's totally just screwing with everybody but for whatever reason jeff's the only one really struggling with it (laughs) right he's stressed like wait what then mike the bully like disrupts the class in the test and says hey what's this bozo doing taking a test (laughs) i know i love that he
1: just walks in this classroom full of other adults who are taking an exam but you know yeah
0: and jeff's just like kind of just like please leave me alone. (laughs) And the guy's like, oh, did you just shoo me? Did you shoo me? Britt is like, why don't you guys bang already? (laughs) And And he keeps threatening him and Jeff calls out to Senior Chang and is like, can you do something about this? Which gives us that classic highly gift moment of Professor Chang. I'll allow it. Which, which of, of course, course Chang allows it. Yeah. <laughs> he was so bored by the test. He's like, okay. It's like, ooh, interesting. Let's do happening. it. So the bully keeps going. He's like, que here, huh? He doesn't even look at Jeff's test, and he looks at him. He's like, it's usted, dude. Even I know that. <laughs> and then throws it all on the ground. Laughing. <laughs> everyone else in the class, like Troy's watching, but everyone else in the class is just kind of minding their own business and not really paying any attention to this confrontation that's going on. If this happened in school while I was in school... I would be all about it. Right? Everyone like, would be sucked in like ooh. Yeah. So Jeff has really been trying to be to be nice and to let it go, but this bully dude is really just asking for it. <laughs> He is just asking to get his ass kicked. Yeah, he is. So Jeff finally says it's on. That's when Abed like, shows up from behind his shoulder like out of the ether. And he's like, he's doing this for me. He's my bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, I love watching it's Abed really cute. watch this. Mike says, you want to dance, Britta, to sh- some show tunes? <laughs> Brit's this- little comments the whole time are hilarious. Yeah, this episode just – I don't know. Each of the study group members are constantly getting little moments that are just seamlessly flowing into whatever else is going on. Yeah. That's when Jeff says, you know, like, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to like it because you're like Greendale. You smell like French fry oil, which I totally buy. <laughs> I bet that sleeveless hoodie totally smells like French fries. Oh, yeah. There's no way it smells good. He angrily yells, I don't get it. <laughs> And they decide on a time and a place to have their fight. The bike rack. That was funny. Not the one by the parking lot. Yeah, I like right, the, bike the one rack by thing. the trash cans near the orange cones when they're building the wheelchair ramp. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And now Chang is all about it. He's eaten the snack. Best <laughs> exam ever. I, I love how Chang... Oh, what does he have in his hand? Before the popcorn. Oh, he's, he had an apple. An apple. Uh, When he's like snoozing in the beginning. Yeah, all right. looks like it's an apple. I was way wrong. Is it an apple or is there something else? I thought it was a scepter. You did say a paddle. (laughs) (laughs) You better do well on this test, winger. After the commercial break, we get to the cafeteria, which is all decked out in the Christmas stuff. And Jeff is really thinking about his final. He's like, if that jerkweed made me fail... (laughs) <laughs> and pierce follows it the like, what well i aced it amigo that means cousin <laughs> that was good and abed's still thinking about this fight and how he fits into the trope and he's like so what's my character gonna be is there a moment where i stand up for myself and take revenge and jeff kind of puts him down and is like maybe you should hang back doesn't want abed to get hurt <laughs> and this is when we bring up that jeff wants to keep from shirley what's going on because shirley's been really adamant and emotional about how she wants this party and this holiday season to go for all of them so she so Jeff says whatever you do don't tell Shirley about the fight and that she'll start in with all her mothery guilt-inducing powers which I think we've all been on the receiving end of something like that oh yeah and (laughs) Troy's Troy's like yeah I'm wearing this Jesus bracelet because it gets me chicks
1: (laughs) I like because they're all kind of
0: scared of Shirley
1: right I like when Troy gives lines like that that are a little less like goofy and more like sarcastic and stuff like that i don't know i like that
0: mm-hmm. pierce comes in with some wisdom again and says you know mike's one of those guys that used to be a nerd and now he's a meathead and mentions previous nerds turned meatheads <laughs> mike tyson lou ferrigno and rosie o'donnell <laughs> who i do not think that i don't know was lou ferrigno a nerd because he just
1: sure doesn't look like it
0: was tyson no no way <laughs> yeah i didn't think so they're all starting to bring up that Jeff needs to fight this guy, and it kind of comes out that Jeff has never been in a fight. He has some, like, ideas of what he would do if he was stuck in a fight, but he's never really been in a confrontation like that. I also like that Jeff, it
1: would have been easy for the show to do a whole bit about Jeff, like, acting like he's been in a fight, and like, oh, yeah, lots of times, and like, he's really tough, but this But he's pretty honest this whole episode. Yeah,
0: the honest Jeff today. Mm-hmm. December 10th, <laughs> There's the r- magic's in the air. There's the really funny, he's like, I guess I'm just too charming and likable. Call me a name. And Troy starts to try to, and he's like, I can't. Right? (laughs) Pierce, as soon as he hears this, and he's like, you're telling me no one's ever punched you in the face? And you can totally see that in Pierce's mind. He's like, how can I get a reason to punch this dude in the Mm -hmm. face? (laughs) And Jeff's like, well, this is the moneymaker. Of course I've never been punched in the face. And then Troy has another funny line, just one after the other, when he's like, First time I got punched in the face, I was like, oh, no. But then I was like, this is a story. (laughs) I like that Jeff's like, and a good one. (laughs) one." (laughs) Jeff's just a good supportive friend in this episode. Yeah, he is. Pierce's every man should be punched in the face. You know, Pierce is a man who's been punched in the face many times. Oh, yeah. And he brings up his childhood or teenagerhood when Friday night was smoke a doobie, feel up a woman, and get your teeth knocked out by a Republican. <laughs> that sounds like uh, college. <laughs> Minus the I was kind of feeling up a. I gal, was kind of pictured Pierce as a Republican, like a little bit,
1: right? But this episode, he's very much like earthy hippie pierce it's interesting yeah i think is, in the current political is a lot of landscape, things pierce is
0: a complex man
1: yeah i think he'd probably go libertarian like right you know staunch independent in today's climate i think pierce would be running for president <laughs> that's true he'd be like well why can't i i'm the you know head of hawthorne wipes there's no reason that i <laughs> can't
0: do this he'd be like joe exotic <laughs> <laughs> Pierce I say Hotthorn. that as someone who hasn't seen a damn oh, really? second of *Tiger King*. Oh,
1: really? It was I'm funny one of those people that's watch. like,
0: "Oh, people really like *The Walking Dead* and *Game of Thrones*. Guess I'm never gonna watch it." Oh, you should watch *Game of Thrones*. I think you'd enjoy some aspects of *Game of Thrones*. You, I, and honestly, don't even watch the last season. See, as soon as <laughs> someone says something like that, then I'm like, "Okay, well, then I'm never gonna watch any of." Them. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I I'm not saying that the rest of it isn't good, but if I know that I'm just going to be disappointed by the end of it, well, what's the and point? and I didn't hate the last season as much as some people did. I hated the last couple episodes. I know it's like Dexter. I started watching Dexter and then as soon as I heard that the series finale like betrays yeah, the entire series. Yeah, I'll never series. watch Dexter because of that fact. Yeah. Too many shows have situations like that. It's so easy to, I don't know, you can just do like a safe series finale. Yeah, there's a lot of anime um, that I won't watch because I know the ending sucks. And am like, well, why would I waste my time? So they kind of decide to start a brain trust of teaching Jeff how to fight. Pierce is like, I've got a few tips. He has a very racist line to Troy when he says, Troy, I assume you're handy with the switchblade. <laughs> I like that Troy's
1: face is like kind of confused, but he's still got the intensity because he's like, well, we have to help Jeff. <laughs> He
0: doesn't want people to think he's not good with a switchblade. Yeah, he's like, oh, am I supposed to be good with a switchblade? Oh, shoot. And then he says to Abed, go back to the family tent and try to find a chicken for Jeff to chase. Yeah, that one was rough. <laughs> what the... hmm. That what was are they pretty aggressive. In that laser load is a Buddhist colony. Yeah. Jeff pulls out his guns and he's like, thanks, guys, but I think I got this.
1: <laughs> Jeff with a nice little mu- muscle bump
0: yeah. under the sweater.
1: Yeah. Good for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So then the bully walks in and breaks up this little party. And he's like, Oh, look who it is. We got Forehead, Old Head, Dumb Head, and the Other Head. <laughs> is Troy Dumb Head and Abed is Other Head?
1: I thought that Troy was Other Head because he hasn't had a run in with Troy yet.
0: One of many jabs at the size of Joel McHale's Forehead. Yeah. Five Head, if you will. Then this is where, as the bully starts to leave, he's like, give me a snowman, dork. And someone hands him <laughs> a paper snowman, which he then staples to his head. Which, like, I love because that's just another, like, play
1: on how ridiculous. It's how like, the principal in The Breakfast Club. Truly insane this man You mess is. with the bull, you get the
0: horns. Like, just nonsense stuff that, like, it'd be... <laughs> they said that Anthony Michael Hall, when he guested, was just really in character. And would, like, be in character when they weren't rolling sometimes. <laughs> and I guess... So they filmed the shot of him stapling himself, but then when they did the reverse side, which is the reactions from the study group members that are there, I guess from behind the camera he would still do, like, the staple motion, like, <laughs> with the stapler and the snowman. And he's not actually stapling himself, but they said yeah. that he did it so many times that he did draw blood from his forehead. Oh my he just gosh. did it every time. That is an actor. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. Hmm. What a man. Yeah. And then as he walks away, Chevy's like, classic Rosie.
1: <laughs> which but now... i haven't heard from rosie o'donnell in a few years not that that's a, a bad thing
0: but yeah yeah i don't have anything to say about rosie o'donnell i'm 23 what do i know about rosie o'donnell
1: you know what i'd say
0: about rosie o'donnell
1: home on she the range was terrible did... <laughs> she has a great song that was on sesame street where <laughs> she, it's like you know i'd like to visit the moon but i don't think i'd like to live there because of all her wonderful friends on earth and it's a really sweet song that i used to listen to when i was a kid so that's your that's your little fun bit of rosie o'donnell trivia for today next week i'll be giving you a little tidbit about elizabeth hasselbeck as i make my way through the ladies of the view past and my
0: god (laughs) i don't think was she on the view
1: yeah, she was on The View. She would fight with Star Jones Rosie O'Donnell had her own show. Well, yeah, but she was on The View, too.
0: I did not watch The View. She and Star
1: Jones and Barbara Walters and, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck would go at it. And then Joy Behar, that was the other one. They'd, they'd, they'd go at it.
0: So, <laughs> after the bully leaves... <laughs> Next and they all, for Hot Topics. Then they all see how he's Rosie O'Donnell crazy. They're like, all right, we got to go have some fighting lessons and we got to get Jeff ready for this situation. Cut to Shirley... Uh, this is the first time we see Yvette Nicole Brown sing in the series. She is dressing up the tree. And it is and
1: maybe my favorite time she sings singing the Lord, the Lord, the <laughs> Lord, yes,
0: <laughs> and she totally does it just because she sees Annie walking in the room in the corner of her eye and wants to really drive home the Lord aspect of everything. Yvette Nicole Crack Brown is always great when she's given a chance to sing. You know there's the story of her at one point having a record deal, yeah, and uh. Recording several songs that I think might have been with Motown or something like Motown adjacent when she was very young, and nothing mm-hmm. ever went to nothing ever went to fruition. I'm sure there's another universe where Yvette Nicole Brown would have been like a superstar. Nice, she's got a really nice voice. Absolutely, I don't know that this is my favorite singing one. I love the season three musical Christmas episode when she's like backed up by a choir of children singing about how they're trying to take like Jesus out of Christmas. Yeah, that one's good too. So Annie's brought a menorah, which Shirley (laughs) refers to as a Hanukkah holder. Now it's the thing that holds the Hanukkah. (laughs) Good And she says, Oh, it's pretty. We'll just put it here on the tree and then tucks it underneath a bunch of stuff so it can't be seen. (laughs) Not very nice. No. And then Shirley totally eats her own foot when she says, So I can't believe I never knew you were a Jew. And Annie's like, You might want to. Say the whole word next time.
1: Not the first time in the show that Shirley has been a little bigoted with her language.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that is something that is a common thread of this brand of religious mother. Yeah. Who is really in a bubble. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's totally well-intentioned. And I think that's why when a lot of this type of person is called out for that type of behavior... They retaliate because it's so against what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're just in that bubble and can't see out of it.
1: I think that if just people as a whole paid more attention to their way that their things that they're doing are being perceived Mm. instead of their intentions behind them, it would create a lot more tolerant society that's more sensitive to other people's. Yes. I don't know. I agree.
0: This week on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, a thoughtful discussion about. Religion and morals and acceptance. If this isn't your bag, last week we said penis a lot, talked about mommy. If that's it's true a vibe, maybe tune in from last week. <laughs> Don't worry, next week we'll be back with
1: more debauchery and inappropriate humor. Oh, yeah. Pee pee poo poo. There's,
0: there's the part where Jack Black sings a song about Annie's Fanny, so that'll be fun.
1: <laughs> um, I do says, like the
0: word Fanny. Shirley says, uh, You know, is everyone else going to come soon, you think? And Annie lets it slip out that they're going to come after Jeff's fight, which Shirley just gets so angry about. And this is bad of Shirley. I mean, Jeff's a grown man. It's her business. If you want these people to come to your party so bad and want to be a part of your family so bad, why are you alienating them from it? Well, and it's not like
1: Jeff is starting a fight or picking a fight. Jeff is
0: defending
1: Abed and tried to do it nonviolently, twice consecutively but then
0: the duke was in his face and he's like all right which shirley was there to see Mm -hmm. and shirley reacts on christmas which it isn't no (laughs) no says will you excuse me for a moment and she goes to cry somewhere uh can you finish the manger scene she says to annie and hands the baby (laughs) jesus to annie and you know annie doesn't know what to do to set up a manger scene so she slyly pretty funnily pretty funnily says to the baby jesus model we know you were one of us and then (laughs) puts him on the tree (laughs) alongside with the rest of the decorations yeah that got a pretty good laugh out of me yeah so now we cut to one of the funniest scenes in the whole episode they're in a like a room that holds classroom equipment and Mm -hmm. they're teaching jeff how to fight and it's right into that jeff and troy coaching (laughs) on the can you can you give me a high pitch? what's up? Do you got one in what's you? Up? What's up? I can't do what's it. It's more like Jeff. When I know
1: like, you said it's like Jeff! When I was watching that scene, I literally was like, if I ever had to teach Zach how to intimidate somebody, it would go exactly like this.
0: Yeah, if I need help on that, you're the first person I'm gonna go to.
1: Am I not the toughest guy you know? <laughs> <laughs> but think really hard. <laughs> <laughs> aren't I I
0: I don't know I haven't seen you get in a fight but I haven't seen many people that I relate myself closely with getting a fight
1: that's true I, I was don't... gonna ask because we went to a high school where there were like a fair amount of altercations
0: yeah I saw fights but I don't think but I, I don't know if we
1: were ever together during one because I was gonna ask you like how do how do you react around a fight are you like a ooh let me get close are you let me watch from a distance are you a let me get the hell out of here I
0: don't know. At first, because I went from private Christian school to public school, I was really mm-hmm. scared of the idea of fights, and yeah. I had this idea in my head that it was something that could just be sprung upon you, and it mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have to be like I don't know. It, there didn't have to be I don't know that someone would just come up and be like, "I'm fighting you." I don't know. I was scared. Yeah, of it. It, it was like surprise. Yeah, and as soon as I saw one, I was like, "Oh shit! This is awesome. Hell yeah! <laughs> Somebody call World Star."
1: <laughs> I remember like. So my mom always told me, if you see a fight, get as far away as possible because it's not the fight to worry about; it's the fight next to the fight. And so, as far as my mom knows, I got very far away from every altercation that ever happened at school. But in reality, I was like one of the kids who—that
0: explanation does not make any sense.
1: Oh, it does though, Zach. Because when fights get out of hand, there's like it.
0: Nothing makes other people are like, oh, we can fight now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so, like, fair. nothing makes you want to fight. Like, seeing a fight, you're like, "Wow, that was exciting." I don't think I ever saw a fight and wanted to get in a fight. I would just like watch it and laugh and be like, "Thank God, that's not me." <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff can't get the sup right <laughs> and <laughs> and and Troy's like, "No, no, it's a question." <laughs> and Jeff's saying sup. It sounds like you doing your Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> I can't even do it in my (laughs) my register. That was a really good Mickey Mouse sup, though. (laughs) No, it was not. Sup? He's like, not a real question, a rhetorical one. You have the answer. He does not. And then he breaks out like it's nothing, that incredible Forrest Whitaker eye. (laughs) And Jeff's immediately like, oh, that's good. (laughs) Now, who do you think wins
1: in a a stare down? Donald Glover, Forrest Whitaker eye, or Ice Cube with his,
0: are we there yet, stank face? Probably Ice Cube by seniority ah that's true but it'd be close it'd be a it stare down be. i would love to watch mm-hmm. i'd pay and brit is right on hand with like gay comments when they're talking about the fight and when she's like and then you moved to vermont <laughs> because that was from a time when gay marriage was legal in only small areas of the country everything's legal in new jersey choice says i'm sick and tired of you saying the fighting is gay And Aved is totally backing up Britta and is like, well, in boxing, you go for the purse and the belt. Which is absolutely true. Britta, (laughs) I gotta write a paper on that. (laughs) So here's a funny anecdote. Now we get the little scene where Pierce is trying to teach Jeff how to punch. And he holds up, like, boxing mitts.
1: Yeah, I think mitts
0: That's correct. Cool, I was right. Mm -hmm. And they, they practice punches. You know, Jeff throws some pretty... Pussy ass punches (laughs) first, and then Chevy's like, what are you, a North Korean seamstress? And then he gives him a a real what for, gets him mad. He's like, pretend like I'm somebody who annoys you, so he punches Pierce as if he's punching Pierce. Mm -hmm. Joel has a story that he loves to tell, and I'm not going to tell it the whole way. He's done it in a stand-up. You can find a video clip about it a lot, but... Chevy was actually kind of like this to Joel when they were filming this episode. Oh no. When he was like, "Come on, come on, punch me. Punch me for real." And he'd be like, "You didn't really punch me." And Joel would be like, "I'm acting. Of course I didn't really punch you." And he was like, <laughs> "Come on, I can take it. Give me a punch." And Jeff's like, or, and Joel's like, "You're an old man." <laughs> and so he finally did and was like, "Okay, I'll do it." Cuz he was being really adamant about it, and Chevy fell flat on the ground. And all of a sudden, like, the director and people come up and are like, what did he do? He's an old man. And Chevy's on the ground like, I'm an old man. <laughs> but I also think that Chevy Chase, for a moment, probably, like, can, would convince himself that he could take Joe McHale in a fight. Right. Well, because Chevy Chase is still Chevy Chase circa, what, 1978 like, and his hasn't mind. Has not moved a day in time. We get those funny interactions afterwards when he says to Jeff, Britta, put your blouse back on, making Jeff turn and look, and he kicks him in the back of the shin. He's like, you got to be ready for anything. Like When Troy tries to speak up on his behalf and says, dude, that's not cool, there's a really funny interaction when, when oh, he yeah. says, well, that foxy black girl thinks it is. And first, without hesitation, Troy looks like, hmm? And then he, he, he kicks him too. Choi <laughs> mean, like, goes she down in pain. Yeah, Choi goes down in pain. Jeff says, what are you doing? Choi says, why does she have to be black? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. But regardless of why or why didn't it, he looked. It, it worked. He looked. Not
1: only did he look, but that also carries in maybe my favorite moment of the episode. We're trying to get Jeff ready for the fight. I couldn't think of another word. Idiot. He meant we were fight-ting.
0: It is hard to think of another word. It's so <laughs> funny. That's that a really great. funny turn on, I don't know, sitcoms do jokes like this a lot, but they turn it around in a very funny way.
1: Yeah, because how often would they be like, oh, we're fire training. <laughs> you know? But I
0: think it's, it's funnier what they did. And Shirley's just so offended that she's not the – that her desire of this holiday party is in the center of attention and says, well, I can't take this as anything other than a giant middle finger to me and to Jesus. And it's Christmas and Jeff's like, December 10th? (laughs) It's it's our Christmas and she's having a party and this is – she does briefly mention her divorce and that her relatives are picking sides, which paints a really sad picture. Yeah, Um, that line made me – I was like, oh, shoot yeah, that this will be the only Christmas party she throws this year. And she earns sympathy, but she's also really fishing for sympathy. Mm -hmm. And she says, will you be there or will I have another family letting me down? Which is sad, but she's still like, she needs to come around. She still needs to see that she's a fault too. Well, and I think that she
1: is, you know, whether she'd admit it or not, intentionally guilt tripping them. You know, I mean, she's not coming at it from an angle of, oh, you know, I get this important, but this is important to me. She's like, oh, well, you should feel bad because I have all this yeah. bad stuff, which maybe it's true, but, like, she's still,
0: you know, goading them a yeah. little bit. There's a funny little Chevy mannerism when he's like, I told Jeff not to do it, and then hits him on the shoulder, like, pats him on the shoulder with, <laughs> with the, mitt, the mitt, and he's like, oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> 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 so everybody leaves, just leaving Shirley and Jeff, and Troy, like, gives him a side Forrest Whitaker eye, like, remember the Forrest Whitaker eye? And mm-hmm. Shirley says to him that she has sons and when something is going on and they're having a tough conversation, she finds that a brownie helps them to relax and gives Jeff a brownie. I would love to eat that brownie. <laughs> yeah, I they really the sweets it really made me made me want she, some sweets in this episode. She sets for it sure. up really kind and motherly and then as soon as he accepts the brownie, he says, so why do you hate me and Jesus? <laughs> Which isn't that exactly, I mean, the type of thing that –
1: Maybe not that my mother would ever do this. But it's like you do something and it's like, oh, so
0: clearly you don't love me then.
1: And it's like, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. And to Shirley, it can't just be you don't love me. She has to group in like not loving me is an act of not loving Jesus. Right. <laughs> and Jeff, another killer line when he's like, I don't think my brownie's working. Yeah, he the lines for Jeff in this one yeah. were so good. And Shirley is just don't do something ugly on a day so important to me. And Jeff again it's December tenth, but that is something that comes through, that shines through, that it's it's yeah. just today. And let her have her party and do it another day, or like let just try to hold off the, the altercation. And you know, that's when Jeff gives that Paul Rudd line. To me, religion is like Paul Rudd. I see the appeal and I would never take it away from anyone, but I would also never stand in line for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I Paul love Rudd Paul Rudd. I think I think they could have come up with a better actor to to say that.
1: But also think at the time, that was before his kind of recent resurgence. I think
0: Paul Rudd's always been solid. He just went from comedy star to action star. I think yeah, I that's would true. if I Okay, let's play this game. Who would you put into that line? Like a uh, an actor that's popular and you see the appeal, but he's he's not worth getting you to see a movie. I think I'd have to say Tom Cruise, honestly.
1: So, I was thinking Tom Cruise first, but then I was like, I actually watch a higher percentage of Tom Cruise movies than Paul mm-hmm. Rudd movies. Ah, is that true? Yeah, that's true, because I see most
0: Tom, because I like action movies a lot, though. I feel like Paul Rudd's one of those people who also has a tendency to, like, show up on everything. Yeah, so he, he pops uh, up a lot. I yeah. love
1: him on Friends. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would maybe replace that with someone like Daniel Craig. Okay, that's really, a solid
0: choice. Yeah,
1: he's not my cup of tea. All or the like time. Christian I, like Bale,
0: other than Batman. <laughs> Hey, Christian Bale and the fighter, top notch. So Jeff tries to reason with Shirley and says, This guy picked on Abed, and he corrected my Spanish. <laughs> and <laughs> says, You go to your party, and I'll see you soon. He says, This dude has it coming. And I'm sorry, but I'll come afterwards. Shirley really oversteps and says,
2: Jeffrey, I forbid you from fighting.
0: Like Yeah, which, like, okay, he's her kid. Yeah, and... Jeff says, call me, son, one more time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: bah, bah. Bah, bah.
0: Go home, winger. <laughs> <laughs> says, you don't get to forbid me from doing anything because you're not my mom. And she's not. And she's projecting real concern. But she's also projecting, as she's done before, what's going on at home onto her second family. Shirley says, you're right. But if you show up to the fight, you don't get to show up to the party. This would have been an easy moment to have a douchey Jeff like, didn't really want to go to the party in the first place, so whatever. Exactly. But it does affect him, and he says, Don't be mad, and Shirley gives the classic I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Oof. That one hits. Mm hmm. <laughs> We cut back to the study room. It's the Christmas party. We see that the menorah is back out on display on the on the Christmas tree. I imagine after placing Baby Jesus, Annie probably picked out the menorah and put it where it needed to go, too. <laughs> I think that Annie is like her little saltiest
1: self when it comes to Shirley. That's the only person she really kind of takes much sass with other than
0: Jeff, and I, I love to see it. Well, she's always been one to say even if she is shy and timid she'll be the first one to say like I've had enough of the pumpkins and the sweeties that's like an actual line of hers Mm -hmm. and no one does it to her or anyone more than Shirley on this show it's true we see a really nice happy birthday baby Jesus cake and this is when we get all of the food offerings from the study group members hash browns with applesauce that's nice oh what is that (laughs) interesting smell (laughs) and another just underlining Awful thing when, when Shirley says, "I'm
2: guessing it's a woman that won't be allowed to eat that. that that's too bad."
0: Yeah, <laughs> just Oof. as to get out of trying this uncomfortable dish. There's another stereotype for for the the stereotypical religious person, totally unwilling to try cuisine that is unfamiliar to them. Right, that's that's an interesting one. I'm like, I, I can't relate to that
1: because I love eating all food. I
0: was gonna say it's not universal, and I think it's more a white people thing. Mm. But yeah, how is she's that spicy. <laughs> How spicy is your barbecue sauce? <laughs> Britta walks in with nothing, and the funny. Oh, look, Britta brought what she believes in. Nothing. That was a good and then one. Pierce comes, Buddha bong in hand. <laughs> it says, "Oh, well, I brought my Buddha incense holder." And of course, Britta would be the first one to, to to gladly point out what it actually is. Right. I now, do you think that he
1: was sticking the incense in the top of it or in the bowl, mm-hmm. or do you think he just bought it
0: at a store? And was like, oh, Buddha. I think Pierce knows exactly what it is. <laughs> he should, right? Yeah. Well, if he wasn't, I don't know. I was about to say, well, if he wasn't a Republican, he would. But I guess that's not, <laughs> that's not universal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all noticing that Jeff isn't there and asking about it. And Shirley closes the door and totally like kills the vibe of this party and says, well, I guess he made his choice. And everyone wants to go defend Jeff and be a part of, of what's going on with their friend. And they're really torn between, I don't know, Shirley's side and Jeff's side.
1: Yeah, because they, cause they know that Shirley is hurting and it's her first, you know, it's a tough holiday season for her. Yes. But they also know
0: that Jeff is doing the right thing and noble thing, standing up for Abed, and they want to support him too. Right, and that Shirley is totally overstepping when it comes to how she's kind of, I don't know, fishing for attention. Mm-hmm. But Shirley says, you know, no one that goes to the fight can come to my party. He's dead to me, and if any of you leave, <laughs> you'll be dead to me too. Which, which oh is a God. pretty insane thing to say. Maybe this paints a picture of what Shirley is like at home and why some people in her family are siding with her husband. I don't know. Yeah, which – which, how crappy is that, that, like, her family would side with the guy who cheated on her? Well, but you have to think that – I don't know. We don't know enough about Shirley's family, but mm-hmm. Maybe there's more to the story than what we get. I like how the show fills in those holes without directly saying it sometimes. Yeah, totally. That you're just getting hints of what's going on in their life and how it informs what's going on in Greendale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After she says, you'll be dead to me too. Let's sing. Jesus is a friend Friend of mine. mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh because I like that she expected the
0: group of people with not one... She's like, everybody. (laughs) You guys don't know this? (laughs) It's not so much that. It's just that everyone's like, you're really doing this? You're banning Jeff from the party? And he's literally defending Abed and himself. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a good look. How come the, the mother doesn't get that they're they're trying to defend abed who needs help being defended in this situation yeah Uh,
1: it's it that's the thing is like i feel like she doesn't and maybe it's because she's so blinded by her own you know kind of motivations here yeah but you know she just completely doesn't acknowledge the fact that it's all this is is in
0: defense of abed Shirley says well that's an interesting point of view for an atheist to britta And goes on to say that she tried to make a special Christmas for her one intact family, and this is the thanks I get. You've got to think that this is how she is with her family, if this is how she is with this other family. She's totally Mm -hmm. just projecting. I've said it a hundred times, but she just keeps ramping it up and pushing it a little bit further every time she speaks. Yeah. And Annie, as you said, she's the one who says, Shirley, you are a guilt machine. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and Pierce <laughs> undercuts that with nanny knows a thing about guilt am I right Jew gosh <laughs> jeez. and Pierce says he, Pierce thinks he's saying the right thing he thinks Ooh. that he's like backing her up and nanny says say the whole word and that's when we get that great Jewy <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say great but a, a funny line with that funny from yeah Jewy and Troy saying you never see a Jehovah's Witness saying Jewy <laughs> <laughs> and Pierce tell it to the birthday cake you never got which makes Oof. him sad. <laughs> and he's like, you know, there's an old Buddhist saying that I like to say in times like this. Where it is like, you're not a Buddhist, you're in a cult. Pierce's religion, and when they return to it throughout the series, like when Pierce's mother dies or when Pierce leaves the show in the fifth season, it's one of my favorite details about his character.
1: Yeah, and I like that they kind of built the world around it. Like, they they built that world for him a little bit more than It seems like, like, yeah, in, in the writer's <laughs> she, room... Yeah
0: they would have been pitching, like, what each person's religion was when they were doing this episode and focusing on that, and that they just, like, came up with it and ran with it, and it lasted the whole series.
1: <laughs> I, I looked up who that, because who does, uh I don't know if he said it yet, but Pierce, after Britta kind of tells him that he's not a Buddhist, he calls her, what, Nietzsche? Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. yeah. Who I Googled who that was, because I was like, I don't know who that is, but it's really? apparently a German philosopher.
0: Yeah, yeah that, people know him. Ah, he's He he was not on my my quick list of philosophers. You could rattle off whatever the guy's name was that created that Netflix show, but, but <laughs> world famous, world renowned. <laughs> I know. Why do
1: I know Masaki Yuasa, but not apparently Night nice, Niche?
0: Sharon Sharon, lo, lore, Sharon <laughs> whatever, Lombar, whatever Dottie's <laughs> name was last week. <laughs> yeah, and he says,
1: you mean Susan Sarandon, the voice
0: of SeaWorld Australia? In Finding Dory? No, you are so dead wrong. You are so dead wrong. It was Sigourney Weaver.
1: Sigourney Weaver, not Susan Sarandon. Oh, no. We'll save that
0: for PixCast, our Pixar podcast, coming up 2021. Annie tries to ring everything in and says, Guys, everyone's faith is weird, but that doesn't calm anyone down. Then they all start yelling over each other because everyone has to justify that their faith isn't weird. Everyone else's faith is weird. (laughs) And I love how while everyone else is yelling... Pierce just holds up the bong and is just going ooh. <laughs> Pierce has the most out there religion, but he's clearly the one who has the most personal peace. You know, he's he's not. Bothered it's true. He's at all. not
1: trying to defend it. He's like, you know,
0: the person who stops it is Britta. She says, "Guys, are we really going to let religion divide us like this?" And that I think we can all agree on one thing, which Abed interrupts with, "I get seventy-two virgins in heaven," which is a funny line, especially for Abed. <laughs> know that we all would like to have Jeff at this party, is what she says. And they all would. And if Shirley could let this go, their whole family could be together and have a wholesome Christmas party and be what she needs. But she has to be what they need, too. Yeah, I think this is good. I like that Britta
1: kind of gives her own a little more tender version of a winger speech.
0: Yeah, Britta says, I get that this is your first Christmas since your husband left you, and I I don't know,
1: maybe that's why you're being so stubborn, because you're trying so hard to recreate something that you're afraid that you've lost forever. But if you really want us to be your second family, then you've got to start treating us like one. Even if that means supporting us when we do things that you don't agree with. You can start.
2: By rooting for Jeff while he rolls around on the ground groping another man.
0: Which is so true, and someone finally saying it to her in a way that she can't help but confront that thought and see that that is exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And she gets one more... <laughs> gay joke in <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do and she says it in such a sweet way too wholesome like the winger speech at the end of the christmas dinner yeah it's perfect yeah so she puts on her jacket and grabs her bag and leaves and everyone else follows now that they're like oh we can actually do this <laughs> and sadly but justifiably shirley's left alone at her party she says the cranberry sauce has real cranberries trying to come <laughs> up with something that'll make people turn right? around then we cut to mike like, waiting for Jeff to show up at the fight. And I love this little bit of dialogue here that I don't know if he ad-libbed this or if it was in the script, but it's just a non-sequitur that isn't funny, but the delivery of it always makes me laugh, the way he's like, Look, this dude doesn't show up, we're definitely going to Applebee's, right? Because yeah. I'm getting in a fight no matter what. Day, dude. I'm
1: right now. I, lo- I thought it was hilarious. I think Another that's callback an amazing to Talladega line. Nights, Ricky Bobby, right? Fighting Let's go get, go get kicked out of an Applebee's. kicked out of an Applebee's. And now... <laughs> Zach uh, we both know how how fun our our local Applebee's can be what you know it's, it's a rowdy place you think so <laughs> didn't we run into your your mom there one time no we ran into one of our friends moms.
0: That I ran one into one. my mom at Applebee's today <laughs> <laughs> I worked I for DoorDash like I've I was mom
1: at Applebee's so many times
0: <laughs> I was picking up an order to take to someone that's my job and I hear Zachary Zachary <laughs> Like, mother, we're in a pandemic.
1: <laughs> I love that your mom was at Applebee's. Uh, That's so cute. Whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff shows up looking cool in his sunglasses, and they're all like, oh, look who showed up. Check him out. And they walk up to confront Jeff. Mike is trying to be to be intimidating. He's like, what's up, dude? Nobody show up with you today. Looks like Grandpa and Weirdo isn't here. Jeff says... Are you perpetually on your way to the gym? It's like, my <laughs> life is a gym.
1: That is such a great, like, just so good.
0: They <laughs> start in that, like, fight mating call where Jeff goes, the, what's, up? what's up? And he just goes, what's up? They're just naturally just back and forth what's up? what's up what's up what's up what's up which like is quite literally how a lot of fights look when they start yeah you want to fight you want the attention but when it's time for someone to throw a punch you're like oh shit this like, fucking well, awkward yeah what's up what's up what's hit up me then hit me and then once you get hit the adrenaline hits and then you're mm-hmm. you're down and as he takes off his sunglasses and reveals his for- forrest whitaker eye <laughs> and mike originally goes whoa <laughs> like, taken aback by it. Jeff is getting ready to start the fight, but then he's like, oh, shit, I've got, like, my wallet on me and my my watch on, all this expensive stuff. He's like, give me a second, give me a second. And that's maybe one of the, the lamest Jeff things of the whole thing, but it, it fits in his character. He's like, don't touch my face, don't touch my watch. <laughs> yeah, I
1: like that. That's, like, one of my favorite jokes is the, like, hold on before we fight, let me empty everything from my pockets joke. I think that's yeah. a funny one just in general. So I, I you know, it's it's in my very... Oddly specific wheelhouse of jokes that will always get a laugh out of me, but that's
0: one. Then after he takes off his watch and stuff, that's how it lines up the shot where he's getting his dukes ready and he notices Shirley's bracelet that he's still been wearing. Uh, Mike starts making fun of him for the bracelet, but it's, this is a little bit of a cheesy moment, but it's a holiday episode of a show, so I'll, I'll give yeah. him credit. Where <laughs> I'll it makes him it. think. I think it, it's not so much where he's like, oh, Shirley is right. What would baby Jesus do? It's more of like a realizing that Is he really defending his people, or is he just stooping to the level of this idiot?
1: Yeah, he's like, you know what? I have friends that I care about. And he said, and even though, like, this isn't what I want to do, like, one of my friends will be very hurt and upset by my actions, and I care about that, which, whoa, since when, Jeff? But okay, go off.
0: Well, I think we've been seeing, I don't know, last week's episode was a step back, like we talked about, but there Mm -hmm. have been some recent episodes of him getting closer to this Yeah. Point. I think like the one where
1: he helps Chang out is definitely you know regardless of what his motive started as he you know did help Chang to better himself when he could have just kept hanging out with Chang and skated
0: by. Yeah, a uh, frustrating thing about the show that Matt thoughtfully pointed out in his email to us today is the show does kind of pick and choose what Jeff's going to be each week based on the mm-hmm. plot line that next week. I don't remember, but next week he very well could be, oh, I don't want to be a family. I'm just a cool lawyer. You know? Yeah. It still comes back, and it's always annoying when it shows his head, because this is the version of Jeff that I like. Like you said, is
1: likable and who you want to root for. Mm-hmm. I don't want to root for the Jeff in last week's
0: episode. Right. All of his study group friends show up as he's giving his winger speech to Mike, and and I love his jab when he's like, as much as I hate you in the cast of Breaking, that to, was to so Mike good. and his homies, he's like, I have to ask myself, what would Shirley do? Which <laughs> Mike responds by punching him in the gut and says, oh yeah, what would Shirley do? Like a real bitch. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff still... I
1: think what would Shirley do? That she would shake your hand and wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: Shirley reveals herself that she's there. And I think... Seeing how hard Jeff is trying, seeing how idiotic this mic guy is, it finally snaps to her the intent of everything that's going on. And Yvette Nicole Brown truly gives a badass delivery of Jeffrey,
2: oh, no. kick his
0: ass, kick his ass, kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that what he's? Is that what She sounded like 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 to Sam me. Elliott to me. <laughs> you know. Uh... Calvary's here. Shirts off,
1: boys. (laughs) This whole fight scene is so good. It's beautifully, like, every time, like, you could watch it ten times and pick out something new that's funny going
0: on, you know, with the characters. (laughs) Britt is like, you guys, I'm I'm on punk right? You guys got to be kidding me. Dan commented on the commentary about how... You know, there are things that happen in the filming of an episode that the director throws in there that the writer would never think to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works out really well, and sometimes it's really weird. And Dan said that he thinks it's so weird that the director made this choice to have all of Mike's, like, cronies, like, start flipping, like, <laughs> acrobatically. <laughs> and we're supposed to, le- to believe that the Greendale 7 made up of Chevy Chase and... And 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 Abed, you know, that they're gonna be able to that they're gonna be able to take these like ripped well, dudes, and when like you six watch... ripped dudes and, and a, a ripped lady, I believe, as well.
1: Right? Well when you watch the fight scene, Britta's really the only one who's she's winning hers, you know. Troy's getting beat, Chevy Chase is just kind of standing there around in the middle. Abed's Joel... running.
0: Jeff's ducking pretty well, but he's not actually doing a lot of damage. Yeah. Abed is just kind of running and being chased by someone. Who's beating someone up with a candy cane? Is it Shirley? Uh, yes, yeah, Shirley's, Shirley's getting somebody good. Troy's beating someone with a piece of a plastic reindeer. Annie's <laughs> blasting someone with a snow machine. Uh, <laughs> Annie's just, like, putting someone's head to the curb on a fake snow. <laughs> Shirley's bringing the wrath of God down on someone with that, that candy cane, and the guy's like,
2: is Christmas.
0: December 10th. So good. Jeff is trying so hard to avoid being punched in the face. You know, Mike goes to punch him, and he's like, not the moneymaker, and he ducks, and Mike punches a hard fake snowball and hurts himself. <laughs> After Jeff has a victorious moment, and he's, like, smiling, Pierce comes around and punches Jeff square in the face. Uh, <laughs> not so sure if it's him thinking it's one of the other people or if it really is true that he's trying to just punch Jeff in the face. But he says, you're welcome. <laughs> And as we pan out on them having this fight, we start to hear another Yvette Nicole Brown musical moment. Shirley is singing a a politically correct version of Silent Night (laughs) that Dan Harmon said he spent a whole night up all night trying to write the lyrics the best he could for this. And I think he did a great job. Yeah. It was funny for sure.
2: Sensible night.
1: Appropriate
2: night. Snow. things, tolerant rewrite of carols to sing, function with relative ease, function with relative ease.
0: Then we cut to the study room, and they're all at the Christmas party having this warm family moment, but as we pan across everyone, they all have these injuries that look great but really add to the humor of the situation. Yeah, I would say they did a pretty good job with the makeup here. Yeah, Pierce is backing her up on the keyboard, and I think of all the reveals of people like bloodied and beaten up, my favorite is Jeff, who just has his mouth open like, (laughs) uh, and he has cotton up his nose. Yeah. They did a great job with all the injuries. A lot of times on TV shows, especially sitcoms, when someone is injured, it looks fake and it doesn't here. Troy's eye is like mostly shut on one yeah, side. Annie's knee looks
1: really good too.
0: Annie on her sweater this whole episode has had, not this whole episode at the party, she had a little menorah, like cute little fuzzy mm-hmm. thing pinned to her and it broke during the fight. You can oh, see that's that a good detail. the head ripped off or something. Uh, Britta's busted lip looks really good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they just have a quiet moment, enjoying the music. Shirley is still Shirley, but really decidedly being a different kind of supportive of her friends and of their beliefs. Yeah, it's really nice. I agree. Dan said his only regret with this is that Jeff should have come around to Shirley and told her like, Merry Christmas or, or given her a little bit of something. That would have been really nice or given her a Christmas present. Because Dan said himself in the commentary, and Dan is like – he's very outspokenly atheist, mm-hmm. talking about how however you feel about Christian people. He said, Christian people know how to throw a Christmas. Yep. And that Jeff – it would have been nice if Jeff had, had given her that and, yeah, now that she has has – appreciated their beliefs seemingly on a deeper level they should have with hers as well yeah that would have really completed the the circle now we've got one of my only complaints about the entire episode but it's okay because it's right at the very end chang walks in getting ready for a snowboarding trip here calls comes shirley, our favorite sh- joke <laughs> calls shirley shakira and says shakira please hold this yeah i just don't like how all of a sudden they bring out the suspense where you know he's finished grading everyone's tests and he came specifically to this study group to like mm-hmm. tell them and he's like, all of you are moving on except for Jeff. And he and he, ha- he, holds this pause as everyone's stressed over the fate of Jeff. I just think that's a little cheap.
1: Well, yeah. And also, he's like, everyone passed except for Jeff, who passed. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. We do. I mean, Annie's scream was kind of funny.
0: Yeah. A classic Allison Bree. No. Mm-hmm. And Chang's like, he'll be seeing me next semester. In Spanish, 102. Like, Ken delivers the line well, but it's just a cheap, fake suspense moment that worse sitcoms would do. But it's one of the very, like, I don't think we've said anything negative about this whole episode. We've just no. talked about what happened and that it's funny.
1: Yeah, I, I do like after that, though, Annie kind of, you know, growing with the disdain between the two of them, Annie kind of has a little
0: jab where she's like, Yay!
2: I meant about Jeff passing. You being our Spanish teacher...
0: I don't know. I'm sorry if just just piling on how much we love an episode can be kind of boring because there's not really a lot to disagree about. Mm-hmm. But it's just so good. And yeah, this is a great episode. Yeah, I, there's no complaints. That's just the one very tiny moment in a a an absolute a episode. Yeah, definitely. So after Annie it makes it clear that she's not that excited about Chang still being their 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 Spanish teacher chang says to jeff wow you look like shit mike really got to <laughs> you and pierce so proudly says actually that was me it was my present to jeff and i like ken's delivery of ha 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 i don't care i have to go snowboard
1: <laughs> he looks like one of those like uh,
0: created characters from uh, one of those old snowboarding games totally i would play him as dlc on one of those games on the next sean white snowboarding game there we go. Pierce says, you know what? How does it feel to be a man to Jeff? He's like, you could say you're welcome. And Jeff is like, dude, I got hit in the face like four times before <laughs> you punched me. <laughs> Pierce is like, man, some people just don't know how to say thank you. And Jeff even lets that go and says, Pierce, thank you. And gives Pierce a little moment to feel good about himself.
1: Man, the Christmas spirit is within Jeff.
0: Yeah. And he says, thanks for all of you for showing up and having my back. And brings it all together with a winger speech. About how they fought the fly dancers, and he pops open a bottle of champagne. Which I couldn't help but notice—they very cleverly had Joel hold the bottle of champagne, covering the label, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> when they're pouring it, we—it's a different angle where you can't see the bottle.
1: Well, and here's
0: my little things like
1: that. Question about the champagne is—they were all kind of there to my oh pour our glasses, glasses. Annie's not twenty-one. Troy's not twenty-one, and allegedly Troy drinks but then doesn't drink it's, uh, it's but you know it's fine
0: i think there's a little bit of a moral gray area for sharing a toast glasses of champagne for a toast at holidays i think it's common it wasn't in my family but i think it's common in a lot of families like maybe mm-hmm. the kids get a sip of wine at the holiday dinner yeah definitely was not my home either but i have heard of people that like oh sure I have come to realize over the last year that I am a champagne man. I really, really? like champagne. That's funny. That's cool. I I don't mind
1: it. I I like mimosas. I like champagne straight. I, That's good. I'll drink. I said champagne straight, like it's a hard liquor. It's fucking champagne. Yeah, give me champagne neat. Give me a give me a bit <laughs> a, a, a bit of the bubbly.
0: This uh, this on the past rocks. week was me and Lily's two and a half years. Congratulations. And we took it as an opportunity to have a sort of fancy dinner. We were going to go on a picnic, but it got rained out. And we had a nice dinner and shared a bottle of champagne. It was very pleasant. Nice. What are you doing for our anniversary? Um, I'll text you about it later. I don't want everyone else to know. It's a little dirty. You know, I, I, I highly doubt. Actually, we, we might have mentioned this if we talked about yeah.
1: Zoolander 2, but... You are by far the best uh, Valentine's Day date a guy could ask for.
0: Okay, when do you think we've ever spoken about Zoolander 2 on this podcast? And (laughs) let alone the last time anyone's talked about Zoolander 2.
1: How does mommy make it
0: soft? But yes, me and Steven spent, I think, two Valentine's Days together. And it was a very dark, sad time (laughs) in my life. (laughs) let's wrap this episode up you know jeff has a really cute <laughs> line to wrap up everything when he says well how about merry semester and happy new one making everybody laugh they share a toast and we pan out on them wholesome this episode comes together so perfectly so funny so many great character moments zero complaints other than that very small i have one thing. more not qualm Okay. Just a, a note, a question.
1: What are the random ass lollipops that are outside the door as
0: they're panning away? Well, it's just decoration around the school. I think maybe the dean dug really deep to decorate the school and things that are vaguely holiday related to have <laughs> no religious connotations or. or oh like my Christmas god, that's it! He was like giant candy. Yeah. That's like Candyland. That's almost holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good. Okay, that answers it. So yeah, the episode's perfect. Shut up, Steven. So (laughs) now we get the end tag. This is a great holiday end tag. And every time they do a holiday end tag, it's good. Uh, It's Oh Christmas, Troy. They're taking the decorations off the tree. And you think that they're like cleaning up after the party, but they've dressed up Troy like a Christmas tree. And Troy has this face like he's not into what's happening, but you know that he so is. It's probably just that he's been standing there for like an hour. (laughs) And much like the crumping end tag, we get this whole thing of Jeff walks by, sees them being weird. He's like, why do you guys do stuff like this? And they're like, because it's fun. So Jeff joins in and is weird with his friends, and they all dress up the Christmas Troy and sing the song. And Troy gives up whatever qualm he had at the end and really, like, sings the high note of, <laughs> of the end of the song. Yeah, The sight of thee at Christmas tide Spreads hope and
2: gladness far and wide Oh, Christmas Troy,
0: oh, Christmas Troy, Thy tree most fair and lovely. And that's pretty much it. It's wholesome. Uh, it makes me think of how in season three, I believe, when Community was likely to be canceled, like mm-hmm. halfway through season three, they took it off the air. And it was like, maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't. Yeah. And a bunch of Community fans... Uh, went to the 30 Rockefeller Plaza building where NBC's offices are held mm-hmm. and they were all wearing Darkest Timeline goatees and singing Oh Christmas Troy uh, protesting the potential cancellation of the show and just like how the Jeff Annie shippers were a big get for the show as far as fandoms go in the beginning those people were the people who kept the show alive at the time yeah totally I remember
1: that going on and in, in like you know I think that we thought Community was going to be
0: canceled, like, legitimately every... Well, so did they. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all of us podcasters, and one of the other podcasters, or Community said this to us this week, I believe, that, I don't know, we all kind of like to pat ourselves on the back because we're doing a lot to help keep the show alive and Mm -hmm. engage with the show years after it came out. But those are the people who gave us, who were there then, even though we kind of were, but the people who were so hands-on with the show before this huge internet age, you know, right yeah. at the start of it, that kept it alive and got us the six seasons.
1: Totally, because the sixth season was not going to happen if people mm. didn't, you know, do like they did. Yahoo
0: literally made a streaming service pretty much just for Community Season 6. Just for, for that, Community <laughs> and, season and then it six. died. Yeah. And hey, maybe we can get the movie of... on Quibi. It'll be in, like, 16 parts. Seven minute. yeah. <laughs> I would f- take it you right know? I, I would do
1: it would be so bad that I'd watch it
0: all right let's wrap this thing up who is your very merry MVP this week okay I am happy to say for
1: what I can only assume is the first time that my MVP is Jeff and yeah it, it's not close for me like I'm so proud of Jeff Winger in this episode I was a Jeff Winger fan for yeah. one of the few few times in my time as a, as a community fan because I don't think I've really you know I kind of am like okay Jeff is this way You know, but, like, for the first time since we started this show, I really like Jeff this episode.
0: And I think as we go through it, there will be more times when he surprises you when you're actually thinking about the characters in the episodes rather than just taking it as it is. Yeah, my
1: first watch through of
0: of Community was basically, yay,
1: Donald Glover, I like Britta. So... (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, that's a great thing to take away from community. (laughs) Uh, My MVP is also Jeff. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just he really shined this episode. He was a good friend. Joel was a great leading man. He had a lot of the funniest lines. Troy also had a lot of funny lines, and Pierce also had a lot of funny lines. So honorable mentions to them. Yeah. And honorable mention to Shirley, who didn't get the best picture of herself in this episode, but was a huge part of why this episode is so successful. Yeah. But it's Jeff for me.
1: Yeah, great job, Joel.
0: Great. great job, everyone involved in this episode, the writers, the directors. I thought this episode was directed and shot very well. We didn't talk about that very much.
1: No, but – but and that's – I you know, and that might be the, the, how you know it's good, right? If you don't
0: talk about it, then it's it was done well. So, yeah, that about wraps up this great episode. It's one of my favorites in the entire series. It's yeah. definitely my favorite so far, and it'll be interesting to see as we go forward what dethrones it as the top.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see because I think there are a couple that I could see maybe beating it for me, but I really, really liked this episode.
0: Well, do you have any final words for all of the beautiful people who let us be a part of their weekly routine? Yeah, uh, Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Everyone, I hope you have a great week. Practice those Forest Whitaker eyes. You're going to need them sometime. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, don't uh, forget to
1: check us out on social media. Our Instagram is can't disappoint podcast. Okay, and our Facebook is you can't disappoint a
0: podcast, and our Twitter, you can't disappoint. You got it. That's the first oh time in God. the history of the show that he's actually gotten it all right, <laughs> and it's not a bit. He truly doesn't know them. Most I of the time.
1: truly do not know them, so I'm proud.
0: next week we're talking the great jack black episode send us in anything you want us to discuss next week get us those trivia questions now that we're starting to grow our audience a little bit if you like what we're doing please consider sharing our show subscribing to us leaving a review leaving a comment on youtube do all the stuff it would mean it would mean a ton to us
1: (laughs) yeah i'm excited um should we set a cap on how much school of rock talk we're allowed to have next week
0: now i now i want to watch it tonight well because i know that both you and i love school of rock we'll save this for next week i think school of rock is non-jokingly one of the finest one of the greatest films of all time it's like the perfect like universal film that anybody can watch and love but we'll talk this all next week guys i hope you have a great week we can't wait to talk to you again next week from inside the dreamatorium this is zach and this is steven and I hope you all have a very, very merry, happy. I hope you all have a very happy
1: merry. whether you're Christian, Jewish, we'll say the whole thing, Muslim, Jehovah's Witness, or even a level five laser lord. I messed it up already. <laughs> and now
0: I'm going to dress up like Mr. Winter and I'm going to give Stephen that anniversary present we were talking about a few yes. minutes ago. Nice. So. I'll be waving
1: my arms and mouthing your words.
0: Alright, let's just end the
1: shit <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys for watching we we'll guys, you see you next week Bye, Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.